The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hi guys, this is Lo. Welcome to another episode of I Love Wellness. Today on the show, my guest is Cameron Rogers. She is the voice behind Freckled Foodie. And I was just on your podcast a few weeks ago. And so now you're you're here on the I Love Wellness podcast. <laughs> I got so, so much good feedback from your episode and everyone was freaking out. So it was a very, very well-received episode on my show with my community. So thank you for coming on mine and I'm excited to be here. Oh my God, it was such a good it was such a good show i you know i record a lot of podcasts and some people you just click with right away even though yes. it's over zoom <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and i feel you like you can always tell in the beginning you can always it's like tell this will work or this will be an interesting 30 to 45 minutes yes exactly so i'm so happy to have you on the show um so you have a really interesting background um for people that don't know cameron she worked on wall street for a really long time um and then she quit <laughs> Yeah. And she said goodbye. And now she does Freckled Foodie for full time. You have an amazing blog, recipes. You were named one of five entrepreneurs changing New York's wellness scene by Forbes. So, like, you're a big deal. I still hold on to that Forbes thing. It was like two years ago. I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to let that out of my bio. Um, Thank you. No, you never should. That's awesome. I was working at JP Morgan in sales and trading. I actually interned for one of Lowe's very good friends, funnily enough, when I interned there. Hannah. And yeah. <laughs> Shout out to I Hannah was there Chang. for the best. She's amazing. Um, I was there for five years and I really did love it. And I had a great career path ahead of me. And it was, you know, it was my dream job. Every economics major dreams of getting that job. And I wore it like a badge of honor and I loved it. And then it just kind of became a little mundane and I felt a little repetitive and I was struggling with a bunch of GI issues, which we kind of talked about on my episode, but that got me into food because of all these elimination diets I was doing. And I noticed that I was feeling better when I was cooking more of my own food. And I grew up loving food, but I just never was cooking it myself. And that kind of sparked my interest in all things wellness. And it became this creative outlet that I didn't know I was missing. And so I started this account, Preckled Foodie, as a total... I'm just going to do this on the side. It'll be really fun. You know, I have a great career here and this will just be a side hobby. And then it kind of just became the the realization of when there was downtime on the trading floor, I was looking at Infatuation, Eater, Well and Good, you know, all of those types of websites instead of Barron's, Wall Street Journal, like what's happening in the market? (laughs) I'm like, I think I'm way more interested in this world than I am in finance. But obviously Mm -hmm. there was a lot more that came after that. And it was a very difficult decision to leave. And a lot happened in my life that kind of put things into perspective. But that was almost three years ago. So I've almost been my own boss for three years. It's really remarkable. So do you have a food philosophy? Do you not eat certain things? Do you avoid certain things? Talk, talk, to, talk to the people about that. So I definitely went through phases where I was doing pretty serious elimination diets. Mm-hmm. I, we, I just found out, I guess it was now a year ago, that I actually had had mercury poisoning for the past 
five-ish years. And that was really the cause of all of my GI issues, but we didn't mm. know that for so long. Yeah. And so I, you know, I had a sudden appendectomy. I had a hernia. I had SIBO multiple times. I then had shingles on my neck. Like there was so much going on. Mm. And I knew for so long that I did not feel okay. And not normal. I was so, yeah. And I was so severely bloated. It was impacting my actual breath at night. I was having a hard time breathing. And I would go to all these doctors and everything looked quote unquote fine, Uh but I knew my body and I knew something was wrong. And so I just kept seeing specialists, kept seeing all different types of practitioners, whether it was like acupuncturists, visceral manipulation to like, you know, the top doctors at Wow Cornell. So I was really seeing everyone on the spectrum. And the elimination diets for me, along with SIBO treatment, really helped in the moment. And so for me, like my two triggers, and this was about five years ago. So it was right before low FODMAP had become more of like a well-known thing, mm-hmm. but I did not eat garlic or onion for three years. Like they just tore me apart. Wow. And I think there's a huge aspect of bioindividuality when we talk about this, because for me, garlic really affected me negatively, but for everyone else, it's typically a very healing food. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have to do the personal work, which a lot of people we all just want answers and we want immediate answers. So it takes time, it takes work and it's hard and it's really overwhelming, but you have to figure out what specifically is triggering you versus what might trigger your friend or that influencer you follow. And so for me, I definitely was cutting out certain foods, but you know, I talk about this a lot on my show while the intention was there when I was cutting out these foods because I really was just trying to avoid flare-ups, the impact ended up becoming a little too obsessed and a little too focused on what I was eating and anxious over what I was going to eat. And I would get so stressed out going to group dinners or work parties because God forbid there wasn't food for me. And it just became more of a mental obsession that I think was almost impacting me as negatively as the actual food reacting in my digestive system, because Mm -hmm. I think that the mental aspect plays a huge role when you sit down to eat something. And that kind of sparked my year or two of, I didn't have an eating disorder, but definitely orthorexic thoughts of Mm -hmm. obsessing over what I was eating and exercising. And so now I've since come to a place where I think I honestly am in the best place I've ever been with food. I don't restrict myself. I feel you know, some people really cannot tolerate certain things and obviously then they should not eat them. But I think a lot of this population, because of what we've been told by media and social media is that, you know, everyone shouldn't be eating XYZ food or, you know, each month there's a different like enemy. (laughs) And yeah, there's something we should be doing or not be doing. And we're all like just obsessed with being the best. And so for me, I really try to just eat what I feel good eating. Mm -hmm. And I try not to label foods as good or bad or healthy or unhealthy because I know how I feel when I consume something. And, you know, for me, soy just does not sit well. And it's, I'm not saying it's a bad food. I wish it was way less processed, but you know, for me, I just don't feel well when I eat it. And so that's one food I kind of avoid if I can. Um, But otherwise I have a free, I guess, thought process when it comes to food. And Mm -hmm. I really trust my inner instincts of like, how will I feel when I eat this? Do I want it? Am I full? Do I want a little bit more like dessert? Ice cream is my favorite food ever. Mm. I allow myself to have it whenever I want it. And because I'm doing that, I'm usually having a few bites. Yeah. So I, um, 
I'm dating a guy who loves that brand. I think it's Coconut Dream. Anyway, and I, I think, yes. I used to think that coconut-based stuff tasted awful, like just really sour or bad. But actually, that brand of ice cream is fucking delicious. <laughs> it's so good. And I swear by Van Leeuwen. They are like – I, I mean, love Van I Leeuwen. I live next to the West Village ice cream shop. I, I can't get enough. It's so good. It's so, so good. So Freckled Foodie is a really interesting platform. I'd love for you to speak a little bit more about that and kind of your transition into this new way of not just approaching your life from a health perspective, but a new way of um, like having just, I mean, you made a total career switch, you know, now you're doing your health coaching, you're doing food writing and recipes, cooking classes, you have this amazing platform and this huge audience and you've done it in a really short period of time. So I guess I'm curious, like, how did you make this transition? How did you learn all of this stuff so quickly? Because it's hard to develop an online presence, especially in the food world where there are a lot of people in food. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, for me, so I talked about how I was at JP and, you know, I was kind of doing this on the side, but when I say I was doing it on the side, I was not making any money off of my platform. I had maybe like, I definitely left with under 5,000 followers, I believe. So it was a small account. I was never showing my face. It was just food. I was trying to keep church and state very separate because I was young and I was covering big accounts at work and I didn't want them to think that I wasn't taking it seriously and that I cared about this food account more. So it really was just recipes. And I mean, cooking wise, it was all just experimenting and self-taught. And that's one thing I try to encourage people when it comes to cooking is just, you know, you shouldn't be intimidated by it. I want to inspire confidence in the kitchen. And a lot of us don't know what we're doing, but you just try and sometimes it works and, you know, sometimes it might not work and that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. And take the intimidation factor out of cooking. And for me, what really, I mean, there was such a pivotal moment in my life that changed everything for me. So I had just gotten engaged and I was very much like, you know what? this is just too much to think about leaving this job. I don't even know what I would do. This just sounds crazy to me. Everyone thought it was crazy when I would talk to them about it. Yeah. And so I had decided I'm just going to stick at JP and have a great life here. And I actually, I'm totally fine, but I actually got hit by a car while I was crossing the street in Brooklyn and I suffered from a really bad concussion. And it was my sixth one because I played sports my whole life and it absolutely rocked me. And I was on disability for two months. And for anyone who has experienced a concussion, you understand that you really cannot do anything. Um, I could not be on my computer. I could not be on my phone. I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't read. I could barely be outside. So for me, it it was two months of real internal reflection. I mean, all I could do was journal and talk to my closest friends and family. And that's when I actually learned how to meditate and deepened my meditation practice, which really changed everything for me. And you know, also it just put life in perspective that life is really, really short. And I struggle pretty badly with anxiety and my anxiety and spells of depression had been pretty bad. Just feeling like I wasn't happy with what I was doing, but I was locked into it and I didn't have a choice. And I felt very lonely in that. And I had been fortunate enough to save a lot of money and I come from a privileged background and I think privilege plays a huge role in all of this and I'm always the first to admit it because not everyone has the opportunity to just up and leave their job. But I was in a place where I had the ability to make that leap of faith and I kind of told myself, for me, the corporate world will not be going anywhere. 
I had great relations with my team and the team I interned with at my previous job. And so I felt confident that I can take this leap of faith and God forbid it doesn't work. I could, you know, continue conversations there. I could look at other firms. I just really believed in myself and it became less of, should I do this? Would this be so crazy? Oh my God, I can't imagine. Do I have to do this? And Mm -hmm. so I definitely thought out you know, what could I even do to make money? Like, what could I provide? And I was in school at IIN online to become a health coach. And so I thought I can have a few health coaching clients. I can maybe do at that point, I was like, I'll do one sponsor post a month. Um, And I was thinking I could then meal prep for people in their homes because I was meal prepping for myself and my now husband and all of my friends were jealous. And so I started meal prepping for all of them. So, I mean, (laughs) it was crazy on the weekends. I would literally spend all Saturday at the grocery store, all Sunday cooking, and then they would come pick up their meals from my apartment. And so I had been mass meal prepping, I guess, in a sense. And after speaking with a lot of people, I figured that I could go into people's homes because I didn't have a commercial kitchen in New York. Mm -hmm. And while they were at work, I would fully meal prep for them, stock the fridge, clean their kitchen. They'd come home. Everything would be ready for them. And so when I left, that's actually what I was doing for the first, call it like six to eight months. Mm -hmm. Um, I was spending Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays in people's kitchen, like three clients a day. And it was such an incredible learning experience. And I was fortunate enough to make money right away when I left the corporate world because there was no overhead cost for that. It was just me. And it was great, but I kind of hit this point where I was like, wait, I don't want to be in this service industry. This isn't why I left the corporate world. I don't, the logistics of this really stressed me out and the idea of building a team doing this. Yeah. I just wasn't interested in building a team that would do that. And that was the only way I could grow. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I'm going to really focus on the content aspect. And at this time was when I had started kind of sharing more about myself. And I have a very unfiltered way about going about my page. I don't use any filters, especially on stories. I talk about everything I'm going through as real time as possible. If it's my story to share, then I'm Mm -hmm. sharing it. I'm just a very open book. And as I was sharing a lot of my struggles specifically with anxiety, it started to resonate with a lot of people and, you know, my journey with therapy and going on medication. And the more I was sharing about it, I think the more I started to grow and truly just gain this very engaged and loyal audience. And so I decided I'm going to focus solely on content. And that's kind of when I started the idea of the podcast. And it's just been such an incredibly fun and sometimes bumpy journey since that point. Mm. I just, this just story just makes my heart smile and feel happy. Thank you. I I think probably, and you know this because I have so many parallels to like my own health journey to yours and discovery of food and how it can be so healing and nourishing for the body. And um, yeah, a, you know, a career in food is a good one. It's uh, one that has mm-hmm. a foundation in like love and sustenance. It's like, you know, we, we need this food to get through every day. So if you can make it your career, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And it makes everyone happy. It, it just brings everybody so happy. Joy. Life is too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets. But maybe you looked at some retailers and calculated the years of interest you'd pay on just one set and gave up. 
but trust me, go check out Brooklinen. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen is so confident you'll love their products. They even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. I have been sleeping on Brooklinen sheets for years. I love their luxe set. It is amazing. I sleep so well in these sheets, so I definitely recommend them. So if you've got people on your list who are hard to please head to brooklinen.com and check out their entire selection of bedding towels loungewear and more they've even got candles silk eye masks robes and more products go to brooklinen.com and use promo code wellness to get 10 percent off your first order and free shipping that's b-r-o-o-k-l-i-n-e-n.com and enter promo code wellness for 10 percent off your first order plus free shipping brooklinen.com and use promo code wellness at checkout so I know that you are really open on your channels and on your blog, and you did share some really big news last week. Do you yes. want to share the news again? <laughs> yes, I am pregnant with a baby boy. <laughs> I am honestly, it's been. I mean, I I released a solo episode explaining everything. It's been a really really wild journey. I was mm-hmm. never expecting to experience a first trimester like this. Mm-hmm. Um, And it sounds, I feel so much guilt and shame even saying this, but like for the first time this past week or two weeks, I'm excited that I'm pregnant. I was obviously excited when I got the pregnancy test results, Um, but then the symptoms hit and it was a whirlwind and nothing I ever could have imagined. And mentally it also was really difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I was living in someone else's body and I'd wake up every day and just count the hours until the day was over. And so it was really difficult for me. And I now feel like I'm on the other side of it and I can finally share this information. It's been so, so difficult for me because I share everything really (laughs) on my platform. I've just been like, I've never felt like I have to show up or force anything. And for the first time ever, I felt that way. And I hate that feeling. And my mom will message me and be like, oh my God, I feel so badly for you. You look like you have no life in your eyes. Like it's so obvious. I'm like, mom, stop it. Like maybe it is obvious. I don't know. I was so MIA on my platform for a while because I really just couldn't bring myself to even talk to the camera. And I'm I'm just sure you felt like you were keeping a big secret. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It was like weighing on me, but I'm just so excited to be able to share it and feel better and know Mm -hmm. that the baby's healthy. And now we know the gender. I'm really, really excited for what's to come. I just cannot believe I say that I'm like a child having a child. I cannot believe I'm going to be responsible for another human. Well, it's very exciting. Congratulations. So this first trimester, did you have really bad morning sickness? Like talk me through some of these things. Is there anything that helped you? (laughs) Um, So whoever coined the term morning sickness, I have a word with them because it's not morning. Like it is me. It was all day. So I felt nauseous basically from the moment I woke up and then even like throughout the night. So it lasted all day long, but I'm not one to actually throw up. So it Mm. only happened once. It just felt like it constantly was going to, which I don't know is actually, I don't know which is worse to be honest. And yeah, just like insane fatigue, um, really bad headaches. And I had just gone off 
my medication before we started trying because my doctors, I was on specific medication that they didn't want me on. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety came back with a vengeance yeah. when all of the hormones started to really shift. And so I did end up going back on medication that they feel comfortable with and that helped a ton and I'm forever grateful. And I'm very open to having that conversation with anyone who's interested, but it was just everything felt kind of stripped. Like, you know, I didn't have the energy to go for a walk and I'm someone that's very active. So I I didn't exercise for basically two and a half months. Things that helped, um, I've been doing acupuncture when I can, when I'm in New York, because I swear, but I love acupuncture. Mm I rely on the ginger people, ginger chews, you know, those candies. No, but ginger is supposed to be great for, for morning sickness. So I love ginger in general. And I used to actually eat these candies at work. My, now I'm actually realizing the reason that my coworker was always eating them is because she was pregnant th- twice while I worked under her. So like, I'm not surprised that we always had them on hand. I saw her the other day and I was like, is that why we always ate ginger juice? She's like, yeah, I was pregnant. You were just liked the ginger. Yeah. So those have helped me. Um, but honestly, like listening to my body, resting as much as I possibly can. I'm so grateful that with my job, I'm able to do that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I tried to eat as well as I could, but all I wanted was carbs, yeah, like bagels for breakfast, oatmeal Yum. For lunch, pizza <laughs> But I will say, I took the baby love vitamins or supplements, and oh, I love them. I'm and so I did a lot of research comparing different brands. I'm like, okay, this is the specific amount I need of this mm-hmm. vitamin. Which brand has it? And you guys were the ones that I went with. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. Yes, we have, we did so much research and so much time and energy and effort and love went into not only creating baby love, which is our prenatal, but daily love, which is our multi for 18, women 18 plus, and then whole love, which is our I menopause multivitamin. Oh, I hope she loves it. I gave her, yeah. Yeah. When we were creating multivitamins, we realized that there was still so much white space and the marketing mm-hmm. when it comes to multivitamins can be really misleading, especially with these like newer brands that are like less is more. It's actually, it's actually not, especially when you're trying to grow a baby. (laughs) Yeah. You need like very specific levels of very specific things. And some I tried made me even more nauseous. So that Mm. was a big thing that I was happy about with baby love is that I did not feel any increase of any of my symptoms in a negative way. Oh, that's really fantastic. Well, thank you for that five-star review. We appreciate it. Of course. Um, Okay. I want to switch back to just a couple more cooking questions because we're approaching Mm -hmm. the end of the episode. And so I guess, you know, a lot of people are intimidated by cooking and I think especially young people who live in cities, you are a self-taught cook. So how do you get started? Like what are, what are your, what are the easiest recipes? What are the items everybody should have in their kitchen? You know, what are the things mm-hmm. that you should buy at the farmer's market? Give us like your food 101, sort of day one. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to cook some stuff type of approach. I got to go back, back in time. Um, so first and foremost, I think what led me to cooking obviously my GI issues, but also just the fact that I was spending so much money on like, you know, things I love, like sweet green salads and the, you know, all the places in New York that you can do a protein in two sides. But 
it adds up so fast. And then you go out to dinner and then all of a sudden you look at your credit card bill at the end of the month and it's like, what just happened? And so for me, that was one of the main reasons that I started to really get into cooking because I was trying to save money. And so if you're at the grocery store, I always will say this, but you should be doing majority of your shopping on the exterior of the store. That's where all of the fresh produce is, like the fruits and the vegetables, and then also mm-hmm. all of the proteins and the dairies. And then you can go in the aisles of like, okay, what essentials do I actually need? Like any grains or, you know, if you want crackers on hand, but if you're doing primarily your shopping on like the inside lanes, you're not getting food that's going to make you feel as great as you should. And also that's usually sometimes where the higher price tags are. Mm-hmm. So that would be my one main tip. Secondly, things that I found really easy were first finding like a few bloggers that you mm-hmm. enjoy their style and are doing yeah. like five ingredient meals or stuff like that. Because if you're going, look, there are so many incredible food bloggers out there, but some of the recipes I'm even intimidated by. Yeah. So make sure you're picking someone who's doing a more, you know, easy early on approach to cooking. And then when it comes to something that people are very intimidated by, I find is like cooking any type of protein. Yeah, totally. I'm nervous. Like, oh my God, it's going to be raw in the middle. So I would always suggest starting with like a ground version. The ground beef, you can see when it is cooked through. When it's ground done, turkey, yeah. ground chicken. Like that is so much easier to really know and to just start off with. Mm-hmm. And then trying to figure out what are my favorite things and how do I kind of dumb them down in a way. So like – I love a good like pasta bolognese, but I'm not going to make that on my first time trying to cook. But if I use like a canned tomato sauce and a little bit of ground beef and I add in some like spinach and then I make a pasta, like suddenly it kind of resembles and it's way cheaper and it's still delicious. Yeah, totally. Um, So trying to take out all of the intense, like, you know, not cooking styles, but really simpling down dishes and then tool wise having a good knife, like people get nervous chopping things, but dull knives are what actually are the most dangerous. So getting a good like kitchen cutting knife. Mm -hmm. And then I swear by Ninja Kitchen, they make a bunch of different um, products foodie in their foodie line, I think. Mm -hmm. And I have one that's like their foodie grill. And Mm -hmm. so it's an indoor grill for New Yorkers. It's honestly, it's not like a George Foreman where, you know, whatever. It's so good. Like it really, really grills. Wait, I'm looking it up right now. Indoor grill. It's their Ninja foodie grill and it has an air fryer option. And I use that all the time for like a quick roasted vegetable air fryers. Or I mean, I know it's just like a higher conventional baked oven, but if you're just doing like potatoes with avocado oil, salt and pepper in there for 15, 20 minutes and you've Mm -hmm. got the best crispiest potatoes and I make salmon in my air fryer, like I swear by this product. Wait, I want to go to Bed Bath and Beyond right now and buy one. <laughs> no, it's amazing. <laughs> I did collaborate. I did a collaboration with them, and like, I still talk about them twenty four seven. And so I love that product. Um, and then I'm trying to think of what else I have over there. Like any a good saute pan is also. I mean, I love. I live for my cast iron skillet, but I don't know if that's a first step if you're just learning to cook because it can be a little intimidating. But like a good nonstick set of skillets. Yeah. Always a nice investment. Wow. Okay. Well, this is an amazing list. And (laughs) I mean, I'm a pretty, uh, (laughs) I'm a pretty advanced chef and I'm going to go buy the indoor, I'm going to go buy the indoor grill. (laughs) 
It's so good. You influenced me. Um, okay, I have two final questions for you. The first yes. is, what is your secret ritual? This is something you do that makes you feel happy or helps you unwind. But you do it in so secret. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. This isn't really – well, I do it on my own, but it's not a secret. Like, people know about it. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I meditate every single morning. So I do a 20 minute meditation every single morning. It's mantra based. I went to Ziva meditation for in person. You did too, right? I'm doing Ziva right now. Oh, you are? Oh my yeah. God. Life changing. Emily Day Fletcher three. is my girl. Yeah. You know, I did, I learned how to do TM, uh, in Midtown a few years ago, but I like need a kick in the, in the tush. And so yeah. I'm doing her Ziva meditation program right now. She is a mentor of mine. She's incredible. I love her. She was on my show. She's amazing. And so I do a 20 minute meditation every single morning. It's the first thing I do, which if mm. anyone's looking to get into meditating, I highly recommend just in general starting the practice. But a lot of people are like, I forget if you do it the first, you have to, in order to build something into your routine, tack it onto something that already exists in your routine. So whether mm. it's right after you brush your teeth or, you know, right after you pee the first thing in the morning, like you're always going to do those things for me. I'm hopefully always going to wake up. And so it's the first thing I do. Yeah. Um, and then I journal for about 10 minutes. So I do three things I'm grateful for three affirmations and then three things I'm manifesting. And then mm -hmm. I free journal just for a bit of a brain dump. Cool. I love that. And I love going back on like journals from years before just to see where I was. I've never been a journal, but I actually like that idea. It's a, that's fun. Um, okay. And my last question is what is one thing you do now that you wished you had learned earlier? Be kinder to myself. I was mm -hmm. so, so, so critical of myself majority of my life. Um, and you know, we all have that inner voice that isn't always the nicest. And the second I had the first critical thought, I would spiral and just have more and more and more critical. Yeah. And now I've really worked on being kinder and just flipping the script. And, you know, when I hear that critical voice come, it's not like she's gone. I don't think she'll ever go away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when I hear the thought instead, I actually practice like positive affirmations about whatever I'm specifically critiquing of myself in that mm -hmm. moment. If I'm alone, I say them out loud in the mirror. If I'm not, I say them in my head. And eventually it has strengthened what I call my angel voice to mm -hmm. kind of take over naturally. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. You know, that um, repetitive negative talk is, you know, a big part of anxiety. So if yes. you don't know that <laughs> you have anxiety, but you do that all the time, it's a, it's a, it's a sign. Um, yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much to Cameron Rogers, my beautiful guest today. Thank I'm you so excited you're pregnant. Thank you so much. For <laughs> news. That's so wonderful. This is I Love Wellness. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, review the podcast. It would mean so much to everybody on my team. And we appreciate all the love that we can get. Thanks again, guys.